This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fans, get our heads right on a Wednesday, November 16th. Man, we got one more week in here. We'll be off for Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm as giddy as a fat kid because I love Thanksgiving. God, I love me some Thanksgiving. We do a Christmas show here. I'm actually kind of bummed we don't do an entire show on Thanksgiving. Maybe we will on Wednesday. We'll do an hour or so it's at least. It's not too late, It's friend. definitely not too late. Not too late. Uh, I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle. He's our executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, is here as well. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. Are you going to have me do a TED Talk on Thanksgiving as well? Now, that may be one I can I'm handle. I'm a little nervous now. Today's the day. It the, is. The TED Talk. <laughs> it is. I wanted to I wanted to start the show, uh, something that's been nagging at me since the show yesterday. I just wanted to re-apologize for, uh, for giving you a question to ask Jeff Blum during our interview. I get excited. I'm an excitable guy, and it bothered you. And I don't want to bother you. I've, I've, you know, I didn't say anything the first, mm, I don't know, 700 times you've done See, it over the years. No, I disagree. <laughs> but we, I decided to finally say something. Well, good for you for standing up to yourself to the vicious tyrant that I am. <laughs> uh, we do this. We've done it, and we usually do it during during a bigger interview. Like let's when we used to have Ron Fowler on. And you just wind Ron up, and he would go, and we'd turn the mics off and be like, "Hey, you should ask him." And you, you do it. I don't care though, but I don't want to feed. I'll never feed you another question. I promise, because I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't mind if you want to before the interview. Well, we. I always brainstorm ask you, some questions. Would this be a good question? Where I, are you starting? I think that's a fantastic idea. My to problem was plan things out. My problem was yesterday was that. I had just asked him a question, right? And they are so good, the Astros, analytically. And I wondered if he had any insight. But what I didn't want to do is after he answered, then give you the, hey, can I get one more in? Because I didn't want to be an interview hog as well. Listen, 
it's a two man show. You got to have uh, some give and take when uh, during interviews. There are other other people like Howard Stern has been lauded as one of the greatest interviewers of all time. Paulie, you listen to Howard's interviews. How much better would his interviews be if it was just him and the guest, right? Sometimes you have uh, people piping up, and it, it almost ruins the interview. Ben and I, we want to be fair and equitable. There are some that I lead. There are most that you lead. Uh, you know, if we have an actor, a comedian. I mean, in, that, in that particular comparison, too, you're you're already at the disadvantage when our interviews don't go more than, like, 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Like, 15 minutes would be a long interview It'd be a long us. interview. Stern's long interviews are two and a half hours. Yep. So, yep. I mean, you, you get Jeff Blum in studio for two and a half hours, you can ask him whatever the hell you want. Yeah, different story altogether. <laughs> so, I, I, it's been nagging at me, Ben. Well, I think one thing that you, uh, you should recognize, and, and I think you do, is that having me as a co-host means... Never really having to say you're sorry, and also knowing that I realize he we'll was talk, so mad after you left. We'll talk he? to I Jeff Blum was, again uh, if I you wanted to ask one more question, and I got a little shortchanged on that interview. Not really that big of a deal to me. I will get to talk to Jeff Blum again. Was, he says that, but this man. is not was the, he so uh, this is not yesterday? a career making interview necessarily, where we're sitting down and wow, this is it. This is the interview we've waited all our lives for. I love Jeff Blum. It's fine. We'll talk to him again, and if I had a question that I thought was really important that needed to be asked, I, we would have kept him on another minute or two, or I would have said, no, I've got a really good one I wanted to ask. And your question was a- excellent. That's why I chose to actually ask it. I thought it was good. You could have asked it yourself, though. I should You have. don't need to feed it to me. Just go ahead and ask a third question or fourth question in a row. Well, we've got... <laughs> We've got Matt Strong coming on at eight. I'm going to pepper him with a thousand questions. I'm Feel just free. I'm Feel just free. Kidding. I'll jump in if I've got something to add to the show. We will. We will have some fun. It did feel yesterday like the first chink in the armor. Now this has happened to me before on morning shows, right? So end of Ben and Woods probably coming soon. I've finally gotten under it's your the skin first enough. loose it's the thread. It yeah. will start unraveling. Start to unravel everything. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've got a nice knit sweater, but there's this that one what, little loose like, thread, and right you're just pulling at it, and before you know it, the entire sleeves off, and it's no longer a, a, a dress worthy sweater. Yeah, it's, what, what's a sweater? <laughs> <laughs> I understand you've got some uh, plugola you wanted to get to this morning. I would as like well. to, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I watched the uh, SDSU game last night. And I did too. I hadn't eaten all day, really. So I went to my place, Cali Fresh, which I enjoy. Love those. And guys. then um, while I was there, guy came in wearing an SDSU shirt, and he said he kind of looked at me as he walked in. And I could tell. And then he ordered, and, and he came over and said, "Man, I love this. Was a great recommendation. I've been coming here since I heard you." Talk about it on the show. I think he had just been at the SDSU women's game. I said, "Hey, good win tonight." He said, "Good win for both the teams." So I had my um, I had my dinner, and then Chris uh, at Cali Fresh said, "Hey, we've got a new dessert. You want to try it?" And I said, "Well, I haven't eaten all day. Why not? Oh. I'll throw in dessert." It's it was a churro cheesecake, oh. and I must say, oh my God. it was really good, really good idea. Oh, I never. I've tried a lot of different desserts. I don't think I've ever had a churro cheesecake. It was like a regular little piece of cheesecake, but then with like churro topping, and it was outstanding. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah. We had uh, one of our tier ones, Alex, went by uh, Cali Fresh over the weekend. Popped in. He goes, man, he goes, what's the name of the place that Ben always does Plugola for? I said, that's uh, Cali Fresh. And he said, all right, I'm going to stop by. So he did. He walked in. He saw your picture on the wall. 
And they, he said, uh, "Hey, fella, is he the one that brought the Ben and Woods the ball? Ben and Woods ball. Chris showed it to me. Yeah. He said, oh, what if someone came in and gave us gave me a Ben and Woods golf so ball?'" So he's like, "Hey, I'm a tier one too. I love it, man. Family, you know, people helping people. That's what we do uh, here on Ben and Woods. So uh, good, good for you. I'm glad you got your churro cheesecake to soothe the pain of working with such a tyrant uh, as myself." And uh, I will, I will pledge to you. Doesn't to, that sound to be, good though? To be Churro better. Cheesecake? Yes. Are it's you just kidding? A, me? That's a good idea, right there. There's not too, there's not too many types of cheesecake I don't like. Fair. I really, I mean, it's one of my favorite desserts. And you know, I know Cheesecake Factory it is what it is. You probably wouldn't lower yourself to eat there. I love it. I'll eat anything there. It's all pretty. It's all. It's very, very passable. And like, okay, yeah, I can have a, I can have a steak here. Yes, it's not ember and rye. But it's it's good. You're on the road on a business trip. You see a cheesecake factory. You can do a lot worse. The cheesecake there is ungodly. I mean, it's ungodly. And they give you they give you a, a like a giant. It's it's three feet tall. Yeah, I feel good that, that I didn't eat like an entire wedge that it's was two wedge. feet high. Yes. I, it was just a little square. It was almost the size of a large brownie. It was perfect for what I it's wanted. Perfect. But yeah, this was not a cheesecake factory wedge of cheesecake. They made one one time that I somebody recommended that I try. It was, oh, you guys, it was pineapple upside down cheesecake, and I almost died. I almost died. Ben, I don't like when you do that in the middle when I'm talking, when you snap at Paul. This is going to be the new bit, by the way. What was that? I was just trying to get his attention. It's, no, no, it's fine. Oh, we'll fine. just, just slam fine. the brakes on. This, if this is the new direction of the show, I can also, I will play along. I absolutely can play along. That's fine. We can... I just thought it called for Larry King to jump in it, on this conversation, it, but it, whatever. It, it might have. It might have. <laughs> it's completely off the rails already at nine minutes in. So, How did you gain all the there, weight? There it is. Oh, wow. There you really go. Really good. Paxton out. They made a, uh, a pineapple upside down cheesecake that I would have I would have given up almost anything. For, for, I'd give up almost anything for a bite of it. It is. It was so... So delicious. Uh, the only one I stay away from is the white clit raspberry truffle one because I don't like white chocolate. There you go. I want the nice car. Yeah. I want the nice watch. I want to be I want to stay fresh. fresh. I want to stay clean. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, you should strive, strive for, for greatness. How did you gain all the weight? Um, <laughs> it never gets the old. The Cheesecake Morning Show. Here. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. How was everyone's uh, afternoon? I know Paulie was in the torture chamber oh, trying to get... I gotta. I can do a TED Talk if you want. On, on Ticketmaster. Holy... I saw people crap. tweeting yesterday it, their displeasure with that uh, ticket... Um, uh, brokerage service. Yes, that yes. site where you purchase tickets to concerts and other type events. People were very unhappy Question. with the uh, the service they were receiving at Ticketmaster.com. When do you think the last time you went to Ticketmaster.com to purchase concert tickets and what concert were they Ooh. for? Do you remember? I don't even necessarily remember going. I, I do have an account, so I must have gone for some reason at some point. I don't know that it was a concert. It might have been a, Could a, have been a sporting, sporting event, event of some point. I don't remember, though. I mean, I was just dealing with the atrocity that is Ticketmaster several weeks ago for playoff tickets. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's tough. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. It's, we, what do we always say on this show, right? We always say, hey, you want to call in and bitch about something. What's your solution? Like, how can they do it better, right? So I'll give you an example from my youth, Polly. 
One of my favorite bands at the time, probably in my favorite band, one of my favorite bands of all time, Pearl Jam, decided as a, a fairly young, newish band, a couple records in, that they were going to take on the massive corporate conglomerate that was Ticketmaster. Kids, you know, eight, 16, 17-year-old kids wanted to go see Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam puts their tickets on sale for $35. The kids end up paying $75 because of fees and taxes and everything else, mm-hmm. taking these huge, huge profits. And Pearl Jam's like... So I, here's here was my problem. I had gotten tickets. I had gotten tickets. Then they went up and did the antitrust uh, speech and everything else against Ticketmaster. They ended up canceling the show that I had tickets for. Oh, no. So I was like, so I, I was in this weird camp of like, yeah, Ticketmaster sucks, but you guys just canceled the show, which I had tickets for, and I didn't get to see you uh, in my young form. I Let ended, me just ended say, up seeing them a bunch more, but... Ticketmaster has become such a nightmare. I mean, I can go into the details uh, but, later in the show, but, but think it's about become it. such a nightmare that I longed for the days of having to go to a store and camp out a for record store, hours yeah. at for the Ticketmaster kiosk at your record store or whatever. Like I would have done, I would have slept outside last night just to. Wait in line and buy tickets the old school well, way. But you say Ticketmaster is a nightmare now. It was a nightmare 30 years. I mean, we're talking literally 28 years ago, and I think I was 19 or something. It was a nightmare back then. And is it a Ticketmaster problem, or is it a problem that there's a concert a with a limited problem. number of seats and 10 times the amount of people, 20 times the amount of people, 100 times the amount of people that versus seats available want to go, and how do you allocate tickets? Well, it's a Ticketmaster problem when they say tickets are going to go on sale at 10 a.m. with, like, you got you had, a, you had to sign up, like, weeks ago for a pre-sale code. The pre-sale is what's killing me. It really has ruined my life. Like, yeah. pre, the pre-sale code, you know what I don't that know is? how many tickets are available for the pre-sale. I doubt all, call it 60,000 for SoFi Arena or Stadium. I, I doubt all of them go on sale for the ticket. Or the presale right. because then what's the point of even having uh, a regular you know then general public on regular sale, sale. then right. it's just that's the, all the tickets. then it's just the tickets so I I get that that there's a slightly lower supply and a huge demand nonetheless right but when they say all right here's your code um, make sure you're using this browser stay yep. on one web page don't open up ten yep. different don't try to weasel your way in through yep. three different windows it won't work okay got it check check check. And then it says go on sale at 10 a.m. And then at 10 a.m. the website crashes. Come on, what are we doing? You guys have known about this for weeks. You've been sending all these emails. She for broke. weeks. She is so popular. So then they move it to 3 p.m. yesterday. Right. And it was just the same thing. It was just an absolute nightmare. And every time I would refresh and like select tickets, dude, it got to the point I did not care about the money. I I mean, we had it. We were like, ah, we don't want like the. 500 level. Well, I hope back. you do because I'm seeing tickets online for $38,000 to go see Dear John live. $38,000. Most expensive I saw in LA was 9,000 a ticket for floor seats. You could you could dig, you could dig up George Harrison and John Lennon, prop them on stage and I'm not going. But I'm not spending more than I would spend five thousand dollars if the Beatles came back to life. That's about or Led Ze- John Bonham is alive and Led Zeppelin plays. I'd pay five grand to go see Led Zeppelin. That's it. But five grand would kill me. It would break me. My family wouldn't eat. <laughs> but I'd be like, I went to Led Bro, Zeppelin. I'm just refreshing. and I'm like, not even looking. I'm like, I don't care. Just find two. Boom, done. And then like the second they pop up, they're, error code. They're gone. Um, well, we can talk more about Kill this me. later. I, and I, I mean, literally, my whole Twitter feed was 
Damn it, Taylor, come on. I'll just I'll leave you with this before we go to break. The Beatles would never do this to their fans. Uh, we're Ben and Woods. We will be right back here on 97.3 The Fifth. said songs that blew you away in 2022. Yeah, new music. And uh, Shelly played this for me a couple of weeks ago by an artist Let named Talk from Canada. Single released in May of this year. To cover, obviously, yes. The Fray. How better, to than the, the, better than the Ridge. Uh, I would agree. This guy's, uh, this guy's got something. He's got the I thing. I don't know what it is, but he's got the thing. I'm Wonder expecting his... him to become pretty big here. Just got the kiss of death from Ben. Um, <laughs> what are, what does his other music sound like? I haven't really gone through the entire uh, <laughs> catalog the yet. But Not the entire, this, just one other song. What does one other song he's sound like? Got a, uh, he's got a single called Runaway to Mars that okay. was his, uh, kind of his big debut from last year, I believe. That sounds sem- semi-familiar. I like this, though. I like it way better than the original. And the original is a sad... This yeah, one makes too, it really this sad. This one makes though. me want to just like makes it worse. Close the blinds. I'm ready to get back in bed. Fantastic, Ben. He really makes it sad, though. Well, I was like, I didn't. I knew that was a sad song, but this really. It makes it painful. So yeah, yeah, it really hurts. Now. 
colors fading. I like it. Cause I kept you waiting. It's a wild, wild world. And you're a wild, wild girl. I like that a lot, actually. That's uh, very, very, sounds very good in my ears. But I saw his picture. It looks like a very nice fella, too. He's Canadian, you said. Yeah, he's yeah. Canadian. So you know he's nice. Kind of got the Bowie kind of glittery yeah. hair and shiny eye jewelry makeup thing going on. Very, uh, it's sad. Oh, I remember this. I remember this. I heard this. All right, there you go. Talk. Talk from Canada. Beautiful. Nice selection, Benjamin. Thank you. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with the Aztecs just quickly, since that was the big story last night. Uh, San Diego State going into Stanford. Uh, first road game of the season, and uh, so far, so good for Piece the 17th-ranked Aztecs. Yeah, they never trailed. Uh, jumped out early. Matt Bradley had a three. I'm going, now, here now you go. Now we're cooking. Bradley, again, kind of... Had not, I think seven points said uh not much the rest of the way. He's aver- he's had six last game, seven. He's he's averaging about six a game. Yeah, just uh he's not scoring yet they put up 74 points. Now, is he is he is he taking a lot of shots? Is he getting yeah, a lot of yeah. looks? I mean, he took 16 against BYU. I think he took maybe 13 or so last night. He's getting some looks. He's just, just not, not knocking not him down. Well, you know what that means. It'll come. And when it does come, you know, he's going to have to step up when other guys are are, are not hitting him. But you know, they, like they Lede, have, Lede, Lede, yep, Lede, 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 yep. Lede, 14 last night. Uh, For him to come off the bench, that's two games in a row. Two in a he row. leads your scoring. Yes. Coming off the bench, that's nice. Now, let me ask <laughs> that's you nice guys. Have. You guys know more about basketball than I do, right? So if if I have a guy like, uh, like him, Lede, and he comes off the bench every game and gives me between 15 and 25 points. I think he had it right the first time. It's Ladee. Jayden, is it Ladee? Jayden Ladee? Why isn't he starting? I, you know, I think maybe it's partly because, you know, he redshirted and he's just kind of getting his feet wet in the program. Boy, his feet be, seem very wet. Wouldn't be stunned if he's starting by the end of the year. He has the best plus minus, which is, uh, you know, what just basically what the team does while you're on the floor. The Aztecs seem to perform the best when he's out there. Not just because he's scoring, but he does the other things too. Rebound, he's athletic. Uh, he has been outstanding. He had an 8-0 run on his own in the first half yesterday. Uh, helped uh, San Diego State get the lead to double digits. And Stanford hung around. I mean, they're not a bad team. They're picked to finish fifth in the Pac-12. When I tuned in, I had to get the kids down. Um, and as soon as I was able to tune in, by the way, no issues whatsoever watching the Pac-12 network. Uh, on on Cox Cable last night, so I was excited. I told Polly, "You do the thing where you go to the the high channels and you see it. And you're like, all right, here we go. Is it going to actually like, pop on or it's not? It's like throwing dice. I was like, here we go. Contact right. your cable provider. Daddy needs some new channel. shoes. I hit it and I go, hey, there it is. All right, so I settled in. <laughs> I for did the, the same thing. I, I found in. it, and when I pressed select from the guy, the I'm like, and it goes black for a second. Bam, and then I was Bill like, Walton. it was Washington State and whoever was playing before them. And I'm like, oh, we're good. So I tuned in the second half. Uh, right when I tuned in, Stanford was on a little bit of a run. It came out hot in the second they half. They pulled it to within, I think, six, I think, was the closest I think, they yeah, got. six or five in the second half was as close as they got. And then the Aztecs, again, really good defense, Ben. Uh, really good defense, really good shooting uh, after that, and they just ran away with they, it. The uh, Aztecs got out rebounded, but Stan, I think I, I heard the 13th biggest team in the country. I mean, they're just a bunch of trees, not just their mascot, but all their players as well were tall, and they had a lot of offensive rebounds because they missed a lot of shots on their end, so yeah. they had a chance at a lot of 
offensive rebounds, and that was probably the only drawback. Otherwise, the Aztecs might have won by 20 or 25, and that's a true road game, so you know, probably a quad one win because they're a top 100 uh, kind of ranked team in the metrics, and that, you know, that's a, that's a good win. Uh, early in the season, it gets you to three and zero heading into the Maui Invitational. Well, and you look up and down the score sheet, right, and you see contributions from literally everybody. You and know? nine players, they all scored. You know, most of them between like six and fourteen points. I mean, it was very balanced. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, up, up and down the lineup, Benny. Everybody, you know, Nathan Mensah was the low score, but he he pulled down six boards. You know, so uh, it was. It's again a total total team effort from these guys every game, and they're. You, you hate, like, they're not even fully really in rhythm. Like you said, I mean, cause when Bradley's not scoring, you know, they're, they're still not in rhythm. He had seven points, five boards. I mean, not a terrible night by any stretch. But, you know, again, you made the, the point every time. Uh, last year, if this happens, they lose. They probably lose this game. The key uh, uh, last night as well, uh, guard play, Darion Trammell and Lamont Butler combined for 12 assists and one turnover. It's amazing. Yeah. You had the jam late. That was Butler. It was yeah insane. off the assist from Tremel. Damn near from the free. He was like a step <laughs> over the free throw line. Jordan esque. It was really really cool. Yeah, that that kind of iced the game. And uh, you know it was it was pretty sparse uh, crowd up at Maples Pavilion. A lot of Aztecs. A lot fans, of Aztecs though. fans. Yeah, good, I was just gonna say good travel. You could tell when you listen to a San Diego State game. The other team has the ball. And Polly, what does the show do? They do the woo. Yeah, when the other team has woo! the ball, I kept hearing that. I'm going, oh, Stanford's guys do it as well. Oh no, wait. Hold on, that, those are San Diego State fans who are doing that up at Stanford's yeah. uh, arena and pretty much drowning out the uh, the Cardinal fans up there. So I've always I'm, liked that. Anytime I tune into an Aztec basketball game, like those traditions, like the crowd traditions, have never changed since I moved here in 2009. It's the same songs, the same chants, the same, you know, like guy gets a foul, it's one. Two, three, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Still do the old try to trick the other team with the shot clock running down. With, there's two ways you Great can do bit. it. It would totally get in my head. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> the, norm, the normal way, obviously, is when there's still like ten on the clock, you go five, four, three. And there's nothing better than when they chuck up a shot. When you say one, when there's really like eight left on the yeah. clock, and they fire up a just like a terrible three-pointer because they feel like they're running out. But the other way, of course, is... When there's five on the clock, you start at nine, eight, seven, and when they don't shoot it because they thought you were counting the real clock is also just very gratifying for a, a, a home crowd base. Yeah, it was uh, it was loud. It was loud in there for the Aztecs. They they did pan. There was a nice little section of Aztecs fans. So yeah, three and zero. What a great start. Keep it rolling in the uh, the Maui Invitational. Yep. Uh, when is play, that first Ohio game? State on Monday? Monday. Beautiful. Monday evening from Lahaina, Maui. Know it well. Um, all right, so coming up uh, this morning, we didn't get the chance to mention it, did we? Our, our friend Matt Strom is going to be with us uh, at 8 o'clock this morning. Love MLB Stromy. pitcher, former Padre, and now free agent after uh, a pretty decent season with the Red Sox. Hopefully he gets a chance to cash in in free agency this offseason, figure out where he's going to be landing, which team he's going to be headed to, and we'll catch up with Matt Strom coming up at 8 o'clock on our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. And uh, there was baseball and Padres news last night. Big Padres news last night. If you missed it, it was pretty late. So we'll uh, we'll let you get up with us and let you know who the Padres signed last night. Yeah, like a legit someone who's going to be part of their team next year. There's some other, other guys on the move and some guys staying home as well. Yep, so that's coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
This hour 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by the Department of Healthcare Services. Visit choosechangeca.org. When you're young, life is full of choices. Don't like opioids like highly addictive and deadly fentanyl. Take away your life or your choices with just one wrong pill. Find medically proven treatment options at choosechangeca.org. Well, uh, you know what? It is fun to be a Padres fan and feel confident that when the team wants to get something done, they tend to get it done. Sure. And there's something they wanted to get done uh, early in this offseason. Uh, they did it with Robert Suarez. Now they did it with another player. We'll talk about it right after the check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So the news breaking fairly late last night from The Athletic that the Padres had reached a new three-year contract agreement with pitcher Nick Martinez. Uh, just a few days after he opted out of his deal, uh, reportedly going to get a bit of a raise, a nice raise. He, de- he deserves one after how he pitched for the Padres, but... Uh, it's not going to be with another team on the free agent market. Uh, test of the waters for a couple of days, but it sounds like A.J. Preller never really let the process get too far with any other team, that they continued to talk even after Nick Martinez opted out of his contract, and it uh, came to fruition last night. Uh, unofficial, nothing announced by the team, but reported last night again by The Athletic. I thought about a couple of things you said on the show yesterday. Number one, when you viciously screamed at me. Uh, number two, I thought about an, a word that you said that has stuck with me, continuity. And, you know, you made the really, really astute point yesterday of, hey, we've tried a lot of stuff in the A.J. Preller era. A.J. himself has tried a lot of different things and, and you know, bringing in guys, turning over the roster, moving guys uh, to, to try to upgrade, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. One thing that they really have not tried, Ben, is continuity. And I, it stuck with me, and it stuck with some of our, our listeners, too. You know, they, they kind of they looked at that and said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. This is a big part of it. Nick Martinez, by all accounts, very, very happy here. Very happy in San Diego. His family, very happy here in San Diego. Uh, thrived here. You know, a guy that was out of the out of the big leagues for a while, Came back and thrived and really was got some huge, huge outs for this team uh, down the stretch and in the playoffs, certainly. So a, a valuable, valuable part of this team. I'm, I'm glad he's coming back. You know, the word was out that one thing that Nick wanted to do was really get a legit chance to start. And while he started a little bit as the sixth starter for the Padres early in the season, eventually he transitioned. It was very valuable in his role out of the bullpen. He served... Literally every role you can serve, basically, as a pitcher for the Padres. Yep. Starter, 
long reliever, setup man, even closer yep. uh, for a time there in the middle of the season when they when they needed one when Taylor Rogers was struggling before the Josh Hader trade and when Josh Hader was struggling, uh, you know he got a chance just to close some games as well. So he he served every role for the Padres, but. I think it's fair if you want to be a starter that you say that to whatever team, hey, I'm looking for an opportunity to start. Can you give that to me? And I'll be interested to see what the Padres say when they do announce this deal, whether it's you know today or given the fact they haven't even announced the Suarez deal in three weeks when they officially announced the Nick Martinez <laughs> signing. You know, Is it going to be, hey, we are expecting him to be one of our starters going into spring training. He will be given the opportunity to compete for a starting job, but we reserve the, you know, we reserve the right, you know, to use him in in a bullpen role if we feel like that's where he's most valuable. Wondering how the the optics and the language will kind of work out for the for Nick Martinez at least here in the offseason. Not well, that listen, it matters, but Yeah, it really doesn't matter now and, you know, one thing he like you just said, one thing he has has uh, proven is that he can do and is willing to do anything that they ask him to do. And and he did that, and he did it with great uh, great aplomb last year, Ben. He was really, really good in, in every single role they put him in. In fact, his worst, his, the worst Starter, he did yeah. was as a starting pitcher. So, but I, you know, but he still wasn't that bad. People put the numbers out there. As a starter, he had like a 4.4 ERA. As a reliever, it was like 2.2. So like half, half the ERA as a reliever versus a starter. However... Remember, he was starting at the beginning of the season, you know, getting acclimated, coming back from Japan, you know, getting used to some batters again. He was relieving at the end of the year. Relievers tend to have lower ERAs as well. They sure. don't face guys twice in the order. It's it's just a different animal. I'm I'm guessing that given a full spring training and being part of the starting rotation, he'll be an effective starter for the Padres. Sure. And I think he's a guy, I mean, he's not like a five-inning guy either. I think he can get... He can get you six or seven once he's stretched out. Seems like he's got a pretty good, resilient arm. Uh, and the difference, of course, between this season and last season is, you know, no Mike Clevenger and, and right now no Sean Manaya. The Padres need starting pitching. They weren't as desperate for starters last year. They had a solid five coming out of camp. And, yeah, they made some room for a six starter to, to stretch things out a little bit early. They don't have that luxury, at least at the moment. Right now, you'd say Nick Martinez is their fourth starter today. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, again, the season's going to dictate what you do. The offseason's going to dictate what you do. Um AJ Castabell told us on Monday, you know, I, I liked how they did it. I I thought that the way that they handled the pitching staff Benny was really really good last year. And I think when you have a bullpen like we have on paper right now, yeah, you the bullpen was pretty fresh at the end of the year. Uh you Darvish, they were able to stretch guys like that out longer. Obviously, I mean, look, we're going to sit here and wish for more length from Blake Snell. Uh, I just don't know that that's him. I think if we the, the quicker we put that out of our mind with a guy like Blake Snell, the probably the better off our lives are going to be. Hey, Blake, go out and go give me a couple times through the order, whatever, whatever you can do, but stop expecting six, seven innings from Blake Snell. You got to take that into account, too. You got Joe Musgrove, who can give you length as well. Um, and like you said, Nick Martinez, we feel like he can give us length. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If AJ ends up adding three more starting pitchers, I don't know that it necessarily pushes Nick Martinez. Oh, well, now he's the five. Well, now he's the six. Oh, now he's the seven and the swing man. I don't know that that's the case. I know they like him. I know he's been effective. So um, it really is going to dictate what AJ does. If you're Nick Martinez and you resign, you get that raise that you wanted, three year deal. Ben, are you sitting there going, no, 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 don't, no, you don't, don't need to, you don't need to go get him. I want to, I want to slot into these top five. Or do you care? Do you care at all? 
because they're going to give other guys a look. This groom guy, Jay Groom, is that right? Jay Groom. I uh, was texting with our buddy John Connor from Mad Friars yesterday. Man, they're high on him. They're really high on him. He, they, he said he needs a couple more ticks on his fastball, but he's got a couple of plus pitches, and they're going to give him a nice long look. Maybe he slots into the Nick Martinez role. I've never really met a big league ball player who was afraid of the competition. No, I mean, no, I haven't either. Confident in themselves. I don't think he minds that if he has to go out and win the job, you have to go out and win the job. Everyone really essentially does. No one, Not everybody. Not everyone has to win it initially, but even you, Darvish, you know. He ain't pitching for a slot. (laughs) If he struggles, though, for an extended period of time, you know, you have a bunch of bad starts in a row. No one, no one is like, oh, no matter what, you're getting 30 starts. You still have to. Uh, uh, I mean, any pitcher, you know. Justin Verlander, if he has a 70. They're not putting him in the bullpen. If he has a 70 ERA. I mean, David Price is a great example. Well, he. Yeah, you, you fall off the map, you get buried. You he know? fell off you still, the map. You still make a lot of money, but you get buried at some point. You have to keep performing. You know, you yeah. more chances than other guys when you got a big contract and a big name. But everyone at some point has to actually do it on the field. That's true. If they want to keep their job, that's true. Uh, Padres made one other uh, roster move yesterday. It was roster protection day. Not a lot of guys who were uh, in danger of. Um, you know, being taken in the Rule 5 draft, they just didn't have a lot of high prospects that were, uh, you know, unprotected. So they only added one player to the 40-man roster, uh, name of Tom Cosgrove, a pitcher who had a, a decent season at Double A, earned a promotion late to Triple A, and apparently was actually considered a couple of times uh, if they needed someone to be brought up to the big league roster. Never came up, but they did uh, add him to the uh, 40-man, which I believe stands at 33 people right now, 34 35, if you include Suarez and Martinez, I'd guess, uh, keeping some room open for additions here in the offseason. Yeah, Tom Cosgrove. Hmm. And then there was the coaching staff news yesterday for the San Diego Padres that caught uh, some people by surprise, certainly. It was reported um, early in the offseason that they weren't expecting many, if any, changes to Bob Melvin's staff this offseason. But... Uh, it was announced by the Detroit Tigers yesterday yes. that uh, they had hired as their new hitting coach one Michael Berdar. Um And, you know, that obviously means that he won't be the Padres hitting coach again next season. Unless it's some sort of job share thing, which I'm not anticipating. Uh, no, he will be one of multiple uh, hitting coaches in Detroit. That is the new uh, direction that baseball has kind of been in. And I know he had help here. Uh, by Ryan Flaherty, Flash as they call him. Uh, Flash has been promoted to Padres hitting coach as or well. Or will be. Or will be. It hasn't been officially announced. Nothing has been officially announced. No. It feels like this is all speculation, even though we are, have read between the lines enough to know it's it's. We're going to get an email fact. about Robert Suarez in like two or three weeks and go, wait, wait, what? what? Yeah, who do oh. we get? Oh, yeah, we, we knew what's this. The, uh, what's the one-year takeaway from the Michael Burdar era as we look back at the at the at the high points and the and the low moments, you of know our year with Michael Berdar. Weird because uh, never spoke to him. Would be really difficult to pick him out of the lineup. Um, don't know much. Didn't hear much from players about you know success, lack thereof. I will say this: so Jake Cronenworth is his boy. He played with Berdar at Michigan, and again. Berdar is from the Michigan area, went to the University of Michigan. He's going home, basically, is what he he's He played doing. after Jake Crony. Played after Crony. Yeah, he's yes. young. He's 27 yeah, years old. Very young. Insane. Crony, 
I don't know that Cronenworth benefited a lot from having his buddy uh, Michael Berdara as the hitting coach. He had a down year for him. Average dropped, you know, 30 points or so. Homers dropped. OBP dropped a little bit. OPS dropped quite a bit. But then you flip over and you look at Manny Machado, Ben. Now, Manny Machado's professional hitter knows exactly what he wants to do every time he goes to the plate, right? He has his own. I I don't want to say Manny's exempt from hitting coach. But if anybody was. But if anybody on the team... Like I'm not, I'm not going to mess with him much. I, if I see something that maybe looks, I'll, I'll, I'll fill him in. Manny actually had a better year. He, he hit for a higher average. He hit more home runs. Had a higher OBP, and he had a much higher OPS. So Jerks and Profar hit more home runs than he ever has before here, at least. Trent Grisham went into the tank and and forgot how to hit entirely. So here's the rankings. Um, Runs per game, we were down. We were down a little bit from where we were in 2021. 4.34 runs per game this year. 4.50. Now, all offense was down a little bit in baseball this year. Of course. Hits per game. Would you? All right, this is a fun game. Hits per game, would you say up or down Down. from last season? Up. They're up by a percentage point. 8.08 hits per game this season. 8.06 the year before. (laughs) Home runs per game. Down. Down, yes. 19th in the league, 0.97 home runs per game down from 1.11. Walks per game, up or down? Up slightly. Down. Really, down as well. Down from 3.62. Strikeouts per game? Down. Up. Up from 8.17 to 8.34. Mostly bad results then. Um, How about left on base per game? Down. Had to be up. Up. Was up. (laughs) A lot of frustrating games. How about uh, OPS? Upper I know it was 700 as a team. It was right in the middle, 15th in the league. Absolutely. 17th. Middle of the pack, though. Yep. Down. Down from 722. And slugging was oh, down. That Slugging was way down. Slugging was down considerably. Yeah. From 401. That was the biggest issue for the Padres offensively. To 380. So the BABIP was the same. 288 and 287. So it wasn't, it wasn't luck. You weren't more lucky one season than the other. So, again, it's, it's, this, it's, this, it's an enigma. You don't know where to kind of look at, at Berdar and we've talked to pro ball players we talked to Adam Jones about what are the benefits of a hitting coach, how much do they really do and Adam says, they do some stuff no one really has a clear answer I mean, this will be now the seventh different one that A.J. Preller is going to need to hire as you said, it's probably going to be Ryan Flaherty and not much of a change but I mean, if a team just said nah, we're not, we're not going to hire a hitting coach this year they don't seem to do anything do you think that team would fall apart? I don't know that they would. I don't know that they would. Guys do what they do. But I don't know that they wouldn't. <laughs> I don't. Here's the thing, and I saw a lot of people ripping on Berdar's process yesterday, and we could talk more about it today. I'm sure we will. Um, when it worked, the selective aggressive, when it worked, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. When it didn't, it was it was painful to Is watch. Is there any team that doesn't preach that, though? Of course. Swing at good strikes. Don't swing at the bad ones. Drive the ball with power when you hit it. Mm-hmm. They all say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Make sure you download the Odyssey app. Get all your favorite shows, stations, even podcasts for free. Download it today. We'll come back with some Take on Woods. Hour number two of Men and Woods next.